And we're back, Stripe Show podcast on a Thursday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Another week and another tournament on the PGA Tour. That's how they do it. They just finish up one week over in uh, Hilton Head, and then they just pack it all up, and they move it on over to the next one. And this time, it's in New Orleans. It's the Zurich Classic. This is a fun one, folks, and because uh, it's a little team competition, which uh, we always enjoy to see from time to time. And the guy joining me today on Thursday, which we do instruction, knows a lot about this place as it's kind of a home game for him coming just outside of New Orleans. Uh, the director of instruction for Augusta Country Club joins us here today, Gary Crescent. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Travis. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's good to be good to be home for a few days. Yeah, it's always nice to go home, right? It's always nice to see some familiar faces because I mean, you guys travel a lot. Um, I mean, you've got your your own in academy and responsibilities back at Augusta Country Club, and then you've got all these players that you coach, and they want you out there on tour. And you've got three guys in the field this week, so you know this is this has been a busy week for you, uh, Henrik Norlander, who's playing uh, with Alex Norin. Grayson Sig on his second year on the PGA Tour is teeing up with Sepp Straka. Watch out for this team. Matthew Naismith, who's playing good golf. Uh, you work with him, and he's playing with Taylor Moore. So give my audience, before we get into breaking each one of these swings down, because this is going to be fun, folks. This is what we do. We're going to look at the swings. We're going to break them down, and, he, and Gary's going to share with you what they work on and why and how you can learn from them. But when you got three guys in the field, how does how do you – you know, divvy up your time. So you're meeting the needs of each one of these players. Give us a feel for how the week uh, goes down. Well, uh, for, I'm, I'm very fortunate to work with, with these guys that are, and they're also very, uh, uh, they generally have a, a, a little bit of a, uh, their schedules are tend to be different. Henrik tends to be a real early guy. Uh, Matt tends to be a kind of a mid morning guy and, and Grayson tends to be an afternoon guy. So I'm lucky. And they're all very pretty laid back on it and you know, understand that, uh, you know, I'm, uh, can only be in one place at a time. So they, we navigate pretty well with, uh, and I know there's other guys out here that are doing what I'm doing that have an even tougher schedule to navigate. I like to get on the golf course while I'm there. If I can, I don't want to get stuck on the range because I feel like I can get a lot more information, um, seeing them hit shots on the golf course. So, um, you know, giving them that time where I can walk six, seven holes with them and, and see what's going on and watch them make decisions. And, and those kind of things are what's really valuable to me because I see them swing all the time. I just don't get to see them swing on the golf course all the time. So, uh, that's really what I like to do. Um, when I get on the road is, yeah, of course we get some work done on the range. We make sure we're ready for certain situations for the, for the event, but you know, being able to get out on the golf course and see some action, see alignments, see reactions to lies, see how they, um, attack certain whole locations and talk about some strategy and things is, is where I feel like we get, uh, more work done. Yeah. It's always fun to get out there with players on the coach or with, with players on the golf course. I was, up at Hilton head early in the week, doing some stuff for the cut, which is a show. And I was walking around with Sepp Straka and John Tillery and, and just, you know, asking Sepp, you know, what do you, what are you seeing here? Like, where's the, where's the miss um, for this pin? Let's go to that collection area, hit that shot next hole. 
What's the wind doing? Where are we going to miss here? Let's go to that collection area and hit some shots. It's yeah, you can get a lot more done out there and it's different, you know, it's different on the course than it is the range. And, um, you know, that's uh, it's, it's kind of the only, it's the only sport where that's the case, right? Like you practice on the range yeah. and the putting green, but yet you play on the golf course. And when you get out there with students, it can be a different story, right? Alignment and the whole bit club selections and things like that. And knowing your players as well as you do, I can see how that would be very beneficial, but this is a full day. I mean, you got morning, you got midday, you got the end of the day. I mean, are you there Monday through Wednesday and then do you stay through the week or do you leave? Uh, generally I'm here Monday through Wednesday, uh, depending on, on my, my schedule at home or, or the event, I'll sometimes hang around on Thursday to, to watch some golf, especially if I get, you know, if all the guys are in the same wave or something like that, where I could get out later in the afternoon, um, and see everybody play a little bit, uh, but generally Monday through Wednesday and then, and then, uh, everybody's good to go and, and head back home and go teach on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and, <laughs> you know, and then go watch golf on Sunday. And then <laughs> seven days a week. Folks. Yeah, I tell everybody stop. all the time. I was like, these guys work seven days a week. It isn't in there. They're getting texts probably on their way home and at night and early in the morning, probably already got a text couple from the guys already. So, all right, let's yeah. get into it here. Um, we're going to start with this guy right here. Come on up, Mr. Norlander. There he is, Henrik Norlander. Kind of a tough start for him this year, but now he seems the last couple weeks he's been picking it up a little bit. He looks like his, his approach game, he's starting to settle in. He had a really good week at Valero ball striking. Yeah. Strokes gain approach. He was 5.6 strokes gain off the tee. He was 3.3. Didn't putt great, but his ball striking seems to be, you know, really coming along here. So as you, as you watch this swing here, you know, kind of share with my audience, some of the things you work on here with, uh, with Henrik. Yeah. So Henrik and I have been working together for, uh, just about five years, I, I think, but, um, you know, he did get off there in the beginning of the year. He made a couple of cuts early, but wasn't hitting it very well. And then, started to try to get into getting that better and um, starting now to where we, he, he got into some, we got into some trouble where there was a couple of shoulder alignments that we didn't like. And then which caused some face control issues. And then he wasn't really getting loaded very well uh, as a result of trying to get more face control. So um, with the, with the help of Josh and his uh, Josh Gregory, who's a short, short game instructor. And, and also, you know, we all work together on all of it. So we're a team. Um, and Frederick his his coach from home, uh, when he grew up in Sweden, the, uh, the three of us kind of worked together to get, um, him back into a little better setup get him loaded a little better where he could fire through it a little bit uh, cleaner and get his body to rotate through golf shots. So we've been working more of an overall kind of thing here. Nothing real super positional. Uh, one of the big things that we tend to work on. Uh, from face on is to make sure that the the left leg, left knee doesn't get inside of the left hip. Cause when he does that uh, in the backswing, when he gets the left knee inside of the left hip, uh, he tends to start running with his hips and then he's uh, tilting on it instead of turning through it uh, at the bottom. So that was one of the first things that we really worked on. And uh, he had real quick success with that. He, that was when he had just, um, when he almost won at RSM, I think that was 17, 16 or 17. I think it was 17. And there was a five man mm -hmm. playoff at RSM. But um, anyway, so since then we've been working on, if you go down the line, 
Henrik is, is a little more vertical of a swinger mm-hmm. um, and been working to try to get a little more depth with the amount of width that he can create and uh, to really trigger a little more rotation. Um, and so we always work on kind of looking at, we, I, we keep an eye on where the handle of the club is at the top in relation to his shoulder, his turn shoulder plane. So where his turn, where, where the plane is through his right shoulder, and you'll see it's slightly above and that's kind of his sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, the left and, arm, just slightly above the right shoulder. Correct. And, yeah. you know, little things that I keep track of, you can look at how yeah. nice his right forearm matches up with his spine. I mean, Henrik is, is an artist with the golf club. He's, he swings it so well. We really don't do much with the golf club because he just um, is basically, he can take five weeks off. He'll walk in the studio and he'll swing three times and he go, well, still on plane, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but that's not all of it, right? You can swing it on plane and, and not be doing some other things, very other things very well. So um, yeah, it's, it's you- usually all body stuff with, with Henrik. When you, when you say get a little more loaded, what do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So with that working towards keeping the left knee stable in the backswing and not letting it travel inside the, uh, the left hip, it can sometimes stay, the weight can stay a little too far to the left. So you get a little reverse pivot kind of thing going on that you don't really get loaded into the right side. So, mm-hmm. um, making sure that the, uh, the chest one is staying on top of the hips and that the hips are staying more to the right, uh, not letting the hips get left in the takeaway. Mm. Um, cause that's where the knee shoots. If the knee, if the hips get left in the takeaway, the knee shoots in and then there's nothing to stop the hips from flying out in front. And like I say, that ends up turning into a, a tilt through the ball, yeah. uh, instead of a turn through the ball. So, uh, and he is a guy who likes to cover and stay on top and hit cuts. So that doesn't work very well. Right. Yeah. You can get two on top, right? Like you can, you get on top of it and then you turn and you kind of hang left with the weight. And then when you go to fire, it's just so steep and probably that left arm gets a little too upright. You know, it's funny you say that. I, I was really shocked last week watching um, Lowry on Sunday. This is it's exactly what I felt like he was doing. You know, he's a cover and he mm-hmm. just looked like he was so on top of it. There's just things got a little short and cut off going back. And then he's hitting all these hard pulls and club mm-hmm. looked steep into the ground. And, little surprised by that. Um, and that's something you got to be careful with when you're, I would imagine when you're playing with a, with someone like Henrik, who, like you said, he likes to cover it, um, which is a good thing, but yeah, sure. But when you start getting spinny and, and the pelvis starts running left and then they, and then they really run out and then, then they have to back up and there's not many players that like backing up to the right. If you're playing for a paycheck. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. There's, there's not a lot of that that helps. Um, for sure. So when you, you know, I look at this here and then I think about Josh Greger, who you mentioned with the short game and, you know, like I, this is a kind of club face position. that's very neutral. That would be pretty conducive through the bag and like using the bounce a little bit as well. Right. Cause we, we see some players who, who get that really flex lead wrist and that can have some issues in the short game um, with the leading edge. But when you look at Hendrick, pretty, pretty neutral club face, um, and probably has no issue as far as, you know, leading, leading the shaft forward in the full swing, but also then letting the club head pass around the greens with Josh. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's, uh, Henrik is, uh, was a tennis player and a golfer growing up and he, he was really, really good at tennis and, mm. uh, had to, had to make a decision at one point. So 
uh, and he chose golf and I think he chose well, uh, we don't know. He could have, you know, who knows what he could have done in tennis, but, but I think because of his tennis background, he is really good at releasing the club, um, hmm. and gets that at a, at a little different, uh, cause he's, he's generally not going to be somebody that's, you know, the shaft pointing outside of the left arm, uh, at impact. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty lined up. He's going to let it go. He's going to use his body to kind of control the, um, the loft on the club at impact. Mm-hmm. So if he wants to hit a little lower, he's going to go ahead and let himself get out in front of it because he's going to release it. Um, mm-hmm. He's not really a holder. So um, the uh, uh, he is, you know, like for me, if I was going to try to hit a ball real high, which is one of the things that makes like Henrik is, is very interesting is if he wants to hit one really high, he's going to cover it and hit down on it more to spin it more where if I wanted to hit one high I'm going to hang back and try to hit up on it. Right. So it's like, I, if I hit down on it more, it's going to be a seed coming out, you know, at, with no launch. Right. So it's interesting that, uh, you know, I could never even imagine doing that just cause it's a different release pattern. So yeah, that that's a really good point. Um, and, and all of that is, oh, let me see if I can get that back. Hold on a second. All of that is, around how he releases the club and doesn't have, let's say a great deal of Shaftley, right? Where I mean, he's got, he's got a lot of, you know, he's got a good, good angles coming out of the top and to, sure. to, to waist high, of course. Sure. But he's releasing it more. He didn't have the lean of the handle, say like a, like a DJ. Right. And so as a result, he can cover it and still hit it high where that'd be difficult with that amount of Shaftley. Um, you'd have to, you'd have to have a little more side bend in, and get behind it. So that's, that's a really uh, interesting point. There's a lot of people that would pay money to have that position right there. Um, yeah. A lot of money to be able to kind of work through it that way. All right, let's go to the next one here. Okay. Um, this is a swing that, that uh, hold on a second here, Grayson Sig, where we want to go next. Mm-hmm. Here he comes loading in now. There he is. So you also work with Grayson Sig, who this is his second full year. First full um, year. First full year? Yeah, first full year on the tour. Okay, so this the- is first full year, but he's played he's played in some events early last year. Yeah, he got some starts because he was so he was like fourth after the first year of the Corn Ferry right. you know, mega season. Right. So, okay. So his first full season, but he's got a little experience in some of these places now as he kind of works into, into his summer. What do you think Grayson's learned so far in his limited time on the PGA tour course, played the corn Ferry tour, but what do you think he's, what do you think he would say that he's learned the most since becoming a bit more of a regular weekend and week out on the PGA tour? I mean, I think that, uh, he would say that there's a a lot more other stuff going on at events, unlike the corn Ferry, where it's, um, you know, you don't really have sponsor obligations. You don't have, um, there's not really much other than you going and getting out and getting ready to play the golf tournament week in, week out. And so, you know, having a schedule and a plan and, and is becomes a little more of a uh, priority and learning to navigate the sponsors and the, and the pro-ams and the other things to make sure you're getting your work done, work in, you know, week in, week out. Um, 
and that it's it's just the same golf as he was playing uh, everywhere else from the college level through the through the McKenzie Tour through Corn Ferry and you know maybe a few more mid irons now than he's hit uh, in the past, but that uh, you know his game is is good enough. He's gotten himself in some good positions. hadn't quite finished well yet, um, but learning how to to uh, I think you know navigate all the noise that is around the PGA Tour, which is you know far different than any other tour in the world. Yeah, there's a lot going on out there. That's for sure. Yeah. Time management is is big, and the, and the better you play, the the more important the more important time management becomes. Well, he's he's up with uh, Sepp Straka, who's playing some good golf, and yeah, of course Sepp won great. the Honda, and he was right there. Uh, made bogey in the last hole and missed the playoff by one. Yeah. Um, at uh, at Hilton Head. So, and when I look at when I look at Grayson's swing, this is a swing that I'll use from time to time to show people in the initial backswing when the club head gets sucked in behind the hands early, right? Mm-hmm. Because Grayson's almost got a little, you know, it's almost, uh, it's almost a little like uh, Hogan in, in the first part of the backswing, right? And how he kind of moves the handle with the club head, right? It's just like a subtle little club head drag here. And I'll get to it here in a second as the swing finishes up and we'll get to the finish here as well. Cause I love his finish as well. And you can see this first little move right there. Right? It's like the handle kind of goes with the club head. The lead wrist is just in a little bit of extension. And of course, so many, as you know, Gary, the recreational player, that club head at that point in the swing can be so far further around the body because yeah. of how people use their hands excessively. So to me, this is kind of a good image or a lack of better term, a one piece takeaway where the, the shaft and the lead arm is staying more in line early. Is this something that he's always done or is this something that um, you guys have worked on a little bit? Well, we always, we've always worked on uh, more of his get, how he gets started. Right. And so, yeah, when he was young, he, I've been with Grayson, been working and watching Grayson play golf since he was uh, basically since he started playing golf. I've, I've been at the Augusta country club for 20 years and he's 28. So, um, you know, I, I watched him grow up. I watched him play play golf growing up, and his swing hasn't obviously hasn't changed too much. He came out, you know, when he started playing, he had that finish. He had that, uh, that little bit of swagger that he's got, and he's had that <laughs> little draw going. And um, he's we have worked on his takeaway, sure. So it used to kind of suck inside, but now okay. you know, obviously it's coming more straight back, which. Uh, the, but the club face positions have always been pretty similar. He's always had a little bow in the wrist at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, his m- more, when he gets into trouble with his takeaway in the past, it seems that he doesn't get similar to what I was talking about with Henrik. He wants to hang on the left side and the club gets a little elevated going back. And then he's a little more on top of it and can't really draw it without starting it too far left. Um, so it's really big. And that part of that handle drag, I think is his, his pelvis moving a little right as he gets started and triggers. And, you know, to me, he's got one of the best triggers to start the swing that you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I love this. Like this is just, just a great, just simple swing. I think mm-hmm. um, I, I've always enjoyed his swing and, and what you're for our audience there, that, that pelvis, let's say the belt buckle is just mm-hmm. maybe moving a bit, laterally towards the right heel, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And could be for someone who, like we were talking with Henrik, where if you're spinning, 
and, and the and the belt buckles spinning towards that left heel. That's a good feeling of just a little trace into the right heel. And for more and and for and and for my audience, they know I kind of harp on this first move because the club head inside is such a common issue. And this is right. a great image for those. Let's watch it from here now. This view. Watch the club head kind of stays out in front and the club face is very square. And then to your point, that lead wrist got a little flexion in it. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Right. A little flexion in the lead wrist for most, our listener, not going to, not going to hurt you, whether it's a little bit at the top or getting it coming down. Um, so, and I noticed with, with Grayson too, a little change of knee flex, like Henrik, you can see a little window opening up between the knees. I, I like that too, Gary. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, uh, especially for, for somebody as mobile as, as Grayson, uh, he's maybe the most mobile guy I've ever worked with, you know, through the hips mm. and, and, and the way he can separate and bend in any direction is, is, is second to none really. So, um, you know, uh, Randy Myers has been, been great for Grayson. He lived living down at Seattle, letting get Randy to work on him all the time and, and work with him and getting, keeping his mobility and working on the right stuff. So, um, you know, Grayson's not a real big guy, so he needs that, that ability to, to stay mobile in that part of his body so he can create the speed that he needs to, to play on the tour. So, um, you know, he is, uh, definitely got some great body movement. I think he's very efficient. I think he's a super, super good model for what would look like uh, a very simple and efficient golf swing. So, um, he, uh, and, you know, that, that what I was going to say about that first move you see going back, you're going to see yeah. some of that. Uh, you know, and as he, he's not going to rotate the club very much going through either. So, you know, I like to think that what happens to start the backswing is going to happen to start the follow through. Right. So, uh, to get some symmetry and match those things up, I think is important because I think that feel is, is something that you can, you can actually rely on at times just from, uh, from doing it so much. He's, he's only missed one cut this entire season or year. He's only missed a cut at the Honda. So he's consistently right in that 30 finish and 30th. So he's, you know, he's trending and he's doing a lot of good things. Like you said, now it's kind of, okay, let's put it together late and make a run on the weekend. And all of a sudden now you're in the top 10. So, um, Mm -hmm. I would imagine a lot of good positivity there. Now, Norlander, it it fades it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and Grayson draws it. Correct. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to, and you know, Henrik's six, four and, uh, and, and, and Grayson's five, seven. So, um, <laughs> okay. it's cool to, to kind of see the contrast for sure. Um, and you know, as we get, as we get farther down the road and look at Matt and Matt's pretty straight, pretty neutral. Mm. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's neat to kind of, for me, cause I get to kind of see the whole gambit of a little more shoulder playing here with Grayson, a little bit more, two playing with, 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 uh, Henrik and then one liking to cover it and one liking to see it start right and, and always turn a little left. So, um, certainly a lot of contrast. And with that flex lead wrist, he's a little change in knee flex. Is it when he, when he starts down to hit his draw, is there a fee? And you can see him kind of moving off it just a little bit more than say Henrik who, you know, tends to, like you say, want to be a little bit more on top of it uh, in the backswing. Yeah. But when you, when you look at, uh, hold on one second here, I'm sure why that's skipping to the finish, but I want to bring it down to impact. Is there a key for SIG who likes to draw it that, 
you know, kind of just makes it that little patented draw? Is it more set up to the backswing or is it something coming down? Um, look at him you know, like right it, through here, like, you know, that left wrist flex. I mean, he never gets the left wrist into extension at all. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty, you know, for pretty flex. Now it's going to start working into extension through here, but, um, but is there something that he kind of relies on to hit that little patented draw? Uh, I think it's just his DNA. I mean, okay. if, if he rolls out of bed and swings it, it's going to curve a little left. It's going right? to So, um, we do some things to work on to, to, you know, give it some more right bias if we need to. Um, but you know, he doesn't really see the ball curving, right. Um, and you know, more for wind situations and things like that, but he can do it. He certainly mm -hmm. can, but, but, uh, that's, that requires him some effort, if you will. And, you know, there's really not a lot of effort to hit that little five yard, three yard draw. So is this path so, like two and a half to the right? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, he's generally going to be, yeah, somewhere three, one and a half to three, somewhere in, yeah. you know, into out when he's, when he's dialed in, um, the driver is going to be closer to zeroed out. Um, and, um, but it, it's certainly, and he's going to hit a little more up on it with the driver. So it's just going to get sure. some of that going too. So the swing direction will be a little more right, but, um, the, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he, uh, has anything that he's doing to try to draw it because I just don't think he has to try to do it. So, yeah. Which How often would he fade it? Uh, pretty rare, Okay. <laughs> you know, um, he might, he might hit a holder more so, uh, like a start, right. And, and not draw it before he's mm -hmm. going to try to start one online and, and cut it. He doesn't mind that with his wedges as much. He likes to do that a little bit with his wedges, gets a little more spin. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean the, um, I think that's important for, for the, for your audiences, you know, what do you do? You know, I ask players this all the time. If, if you aim at a target and you make sure you're aligned to the target and you just swing and focus on the target, what does the golf ball do in the air? And a lot of people have no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and that to me is, you know, you have to know your nature a little bit to, to kind of have an idea of, of what to, what to do with your uh, practice. So, um, if you're always manipulating a manipulation, then you really don't ever get to know who you are. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to note your pattern and then you, then you play to it. And like, I think what's interesting, Sig's going to draw it 99% of the time for, for the sure. most part, right. The driver's going to neutralize a little bit, uh, mm -hmm. where Norlander the same, you think the other way, just mo most 95% uh, of the time going to die. Right. Uh, I would say if, if he had a choice, it would certainly be that, but he's, he tends to, he'll, he'll draw it some. So he's probably more 75, 25. Okay. Okay. You know, uh, so a little, uh, but, and, and really his draw is, is the same. It's the same swing as his cut. It's just a different setup. So, um, it's not really that much different, but he's, he's good at doing it. Cause like I said, he can release it so well, he doesn't really ever hold it and, and ship it out to the right when he's trying to draw it. It usually draws pretty well. So, mm -hmm. Um, talk about this guy. I, yeah. Your third Matthew. guy, ball striking machine, Matthew Naismith, who was on the podcast just a few weeks ago, really enjoyed that. I stay in touch with him a little bit on, on DM and encouraging him along as he, um, has put together some, some good golf here. He was right there at Valspar, uh, finished third, 25th at the Honda. And, uh, this is a guy that, uh, I, I tell people all the time, you know, is a, is probably one of the more underrated iron players because um, he can really get it going uh, with his 
with his iron. So as we, as we look at this swing and you mentioned, which was kind of cool, you know, Norlander six, four fading it, SIG five, seven and drawing it. What's Naismith six foot. He's, he's probably six, one or six, two. Yeah. Six, one. And he's just hitting it dead straight. You pretty much got it. You pretty much got it covered, Gary. I mean, <laughs> when you go out pretty there, good models. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So here he is. Walk us, walk us through Naismith. What do you guys work on? Well, uh, yeah, had Matt been working with Matt for four or five years now too. And, um, you know, we have worked really hard on this face on view with Matt. Um, he, when he came to me, he had his hips running way out in front of him and his chest way behind and, and wasn't turning very well. And, and so we've worked really hard on getting the upper body more involved in the downswing, uh, in rotation and also with some, some forward motion of the upper body and to, to, with some stabilization of the lower body. Right. So mm. you'll see how he chases this shot that you're watching here face on. You're going to see him chase that with the chest to, to get the, um, basically to stop the hips from running left. Um, so really trying to work on his stacks, his knees, hips, and shoulders, staying more stacked up through the downswing, backswing, downswing, and, and, and to, uh, feel that the, the chest is, is rotating, uh, as opposed to the arms pulling. So, um, you know, if you can imagine the arms get up to the top and you, and you pull the arms down, which is the way, what was he was doing, um, then the hips shoot, you know, shoot left, the shoulders fall right. And then you, you've got a two way miss. So, um, cause the so he was pulling under. down consciously. Uh, I don't know if it was so much conscious. Uh, I, I don't think he really, I mean, he was hitting it with his hands. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but I don't think he knew that what that, that, what that was causing. Mm. Right. So he didn't understand the effect of that. And so we've, you know, we've worked, worked really hard on, on getting wider, uh, to trigger some more body motion because things get narrow that tends to, to do the same thing. You know, you get narrow and your chest starts falling backwards. Um, so been working on width, uh, for, for the last year and a half or so to kind of widen it out so you could rotate it easier and, um, you know, really coming into some nice form right now. Uh, he's been playing really good golf, uh, yeah. and, and doing, doing a lot of good work. So, um, as of all the guys, you know, all the guys are doing some really good work and, and, and starting to trend in the right direction. So, so this, uh, this stacking move coming down, let's talk about that. Cause you know, years ago I've been, I don't know, teaching for 22 years. I would think that the, I would think that the language coming in 22 years ago, you hear the word bump a lot mm -hmm. with the pelvis would bump laterally towards the target. And then Correct. the side, Ben was probably a little excessive to the right in transition, you know, and then from there you would turn and hit it. And some of that for a player who has none of it, all right, that's going to make them, that's probably going to help them, you know, now for a player who their legs outrace them <clears throat> and they have too much side bend to the right, um, you know, they, they got to feel like they're more stacked or covering it. And you mentioned getting the chest to, go with it more and then to stabilize the lower. Let's talk about the legs first. So when you stabilize lateral motion, Gary, in the legs, mm -hmm. are you, and you're trying to stack it up, are you doing it in how they interact with the ground? Is it like trying to get some spacing in between their knees? Like what, what goes on there? Well, I mean, I think the keeping some width between the knees is certainly a part of it. Um, I think we do some drills where uh, just 
trying to keep the lower body completely still and feel what it feels like to just swing the club with, with his chest. Mm. Um, which it's kind of crazy when you watch videos, uh, when, you know, you feel like your lower body's not moving and then you rotate your upper body and you see that an impact, you're actually more opened up with your pelvis than you were when you were trying to trying to rotate your body, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it, it's just what's triggering understanding cause and effect for each individual. Right. Um, and so, yeah, some guys need to feel a lot more rotational with the lower body. Some guys need to feel more stable. So, uh, the amount of pressure you have to put into the ground for sure is going to, is, is way more when you're trying to keep your lower body more centered and still, cause you've got to push down really hard, uh, and sustain that pressure. Um, so that you can go ahead and, and move that upper half mm -hmm. uh, in a consistent pattern, right? So the so the, the the chest does he feel like right there that his lead shoulder is going more like down in with his left knee, like down into the ground, and then his chest is going more lateral out over, let's say, his belt buckle. Uh, well, I think for, for Matt, it tends to be more right side of a right side feel. So okay. it's, it's getting the right shoulder loaded and then, uh, covering, covering with the right shoulder and, and chasing it down the line more with the right shoulder to stabilize the club face position. Mm -hmm. Matt really doesn't like for the ball to curve left, um, or start left too much. He doesn't mind starting left if it, if it fades, but if it's curving left, um, he tends to get confused by, by why. So. Um, you know, when the right shoulder and the right hip chase through the golf shot, the, the club face stays, you know, a little more open to his path and he's able to keep that, that left shot out of there. And, um, he, that frees him up to, to go ahead and let it rip. So, um, he's done some really good work to, to, I mean, like I say, he didn't grow up and he was, you know, such a good junior player. He never really worked on you know, the way he rotated through the ball, uh, as, as much as we have in the last two years. And, um, he's really done some amazing work to get, to get that, you know, that's a pretty big change from hitting yeah. with your hand, hitting with your hands to feeling like you're hitting it with your rotation. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's pretty hard to do, I think, especially at a high level. Yeah. Yeah. You can see that he's just got that nice little pitch in the shaft and transition or just, you know, just kind of just floats down behind him a little bit. And then, mm -hmm. you know, like you get a little bit of that and then you can just cover it and off you go. So his path probably has moved a fair amount more to his left for in sure. doing this versus when he wasn't. Yeah, for sure. He's, he was uh, always been pretty neutral. He never really curved it a bunch, but, um, yeah, his path is, is definitely a little more, you know, on a normal basis, you know, one left, one and a half left, um, with the okay. irons and, and, you know, the tiniest bit of right bias in the curve. Um, it's, it's pretty darn straight. Yeah. Yeah. You do kind of got them covered here, don't you? As far as just a little bit of everything, um, <laughs> with, with each one of these, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And, um, you know, everybody's kind of got their own pattern and you're just trying to get that pattern to, to be, do the right thing, say the right things to where they can be instinctive and just see that ball do what they wanted to do. Um, you know, that's the, you know, I'll finish up with this, you know, Spieth, of course, wins last week. That's the crazy thing to me with Spieth and the genius of him is, you know, it's just like trying to get something 
they've been clearly trying just to get something in place because he's struggled for so long to where all of a sudden the club is where he wants it to be and he can hit the shots that he can, you know, because when he, when he gets it there, it, it really doesn't matter what it looks like, the rehearsal or anything else. Like the fact of the matter is, is he knows where the club is and he can do what he wants to do with it. And when these guys get in that position, off they go. Um, and they can just play instinctive golf. And I think the cool thing with you, Gary, is that you've had such a good tenure with all these guys, you know, a nice run that you know them so well and you, you, you know what probably tends to work and what doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, seeing, seeing these guys for the length of time that we have and what we have invested, um, in each other, um, you know, that's a lot of, a lot of intellectual property that, that is, is hard to, um, it's hard to get in a, in, you know, in a month or two months or six months with somebody just because mm-hmm. you understand what their home life is like. You understand, you know, how they, their whole process you get, you know, um, but at the same time you can't get comfortable and you got to know your role and you've got to know that, you know, how to keep progressing and, um, you know, make sure that, you know, we don't make, we don't just start working on something that, uh, you know, for, for nitpicky or because everything's in a good spot, it's okay to be just in a good spot and not working on much and just doing your, your basic stuff that you do day in, day out and just, you know, know that it's good. Um, so, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's hard to, it's hard if, if your coach tells you that everything's in a good spot and you're not seeing results on the golf course, you know, then, then we go to, to digging into, okay, well, why aren't the results very good? Is there an expectation thing? Is there a management thing? Are you too aggressive or are you not aggressive enough? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's, it's, so it's, it's a, it's complicated for sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it is, um, it's a lot of fun. It's very challenging. Um, uh, and you know, we're all, we're working towards figuring out that recipe of winning. So, I mean, these guys haven't won on the tour yet and we're, we think we're closer every week. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm enjoying that pursuit and the competitive side of me is, is very much into that. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, I understand this process is, is a process. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. That that's for sure. I mean, it is incredibly competitive out there. I mean, these guys are so damn good. I mean, it's, it's amazing and how competitive it is. And, you know, I got this guy in my, DMS right now who follows me on Instagram telling me that he could beat Ricky Fowler right now because he's a, <laughs> he's a plus four handicap and he's won a couple big tournaments in amateur. And I said, you, you can't, you wouldn't even sniff it. Trust me, no. save your money. You know, he's like, no, I, I, I guarantee I could be, and he's really struggling right now. I no, save your money. You know, I, I don't want to hear it. 68 with your buddies at your home course. That's a great score. All due respect. And that's awesome. And you're playing at a high level, but you're not, you're not beating these guys. <laughs> just well, and, 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 you know, could, could you get one of these guys even interested enough no. to, to like turn their, their game face on to play that round. Right. And I think that's the hard part when you play at these, at these great events every week. And then you, you know, to go play a recreational round of golf is, is just very different. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, trying to, trying to create that, that atmosphere for, you know, the plus four that, that is that thinks he's really good, which he is yep. really good. There's no doubt he's really good, yep. but it's a whole nother level when you're talking about playing at the, at the PJ tour level and, and, and maintaining your, your job and, and, uh, competing with, you know, 150 guys that are trying to beat your brains in every week. Yeah. I can remember I'll, I'll finish with this is 
I can remember when I was running the TPC Sawgrass Academy and, you know, there's so many guys running in and out of there, hanging out, you know, players and whatnot. And I can remember when Russell Knox graduated from University of Jackson or Jacksonville University and was playing in the mini tours and was just having a hard time getting out there. And I mean, he literally, Gary shot 63 every single week on the Hooters tour, every single week, one day. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding you. You look at the, there he is, 62, 60, I mean, how, unbelievable to shoot 63 every week in a tournament. And I just, he'd be hanging out while hitting balls. I'm like, how in the world is this guy not on the PGA tour? Like, I don't even get it. And, um, and you know, he finally, he finally got his opportunity and then he ran he, and he was able to put it together at the right time, which is a big part of this, right? Putting it together at the right time. And, you know, he's been out there since, but there's a lot of those guys right now <clears throat> who don't have the opportunity or playing the McKinsey tour, Latino America, even, um, tours below that, you know, single a, whatever you want to call it, as baseball labels it to double a and triple a. And, um, you know, these, these tours work, these development tours, it's a small percent that make it through, but my goodness, if they come to town and there's a, you know, a corn ferry tour, a McKinsey tour, go out and watch. Cause I guarantee you're going to, there's a few of them there that are going to play in a PGA tour event at some point. It's going to happen. They're that good. So good stuff, man. Um, I really appreciate your time. Uh, the best of luck to these guys and, um, we'll do it again. You're not far from me. So if you ever venture down to Ponte Vedra, come see me here at the studio. Awesome. Thanks, Travis. I appreciate you having me.